You with Maddie Watt and Jeff Ebbs on the Zeds in the cage. And the, we locked Ambassador Poo Sotorak from the Cambodian Institute of Peace and Cooperation into the cage last Friday. He was speaking at the Rights to Protect R2P Institute at University of Queensland. And there are Right to Protect Institutes around the world, six of them in fact, and one of them is set up uh, within the uh, Cambodian Institute for Peace and Cooperation. And Ambassador Pu Sotorak, very interesting chap, grew up in Cambodia, family destroyed by the Pol Pot uh, regime. Uh, before the regime really took hold, they sent him to France to high school. Uh, he graduated with sufficient marks to go to university in the US, graduate as an engineer, worked for Boeing. So he was a successful engineer for Boeing and the troubles at home in Cambodia called to him. He gave up his highly paid engineering job in the US to go back and be a freedom fighter on the border of Thailand and Cambodia. So um, you know, an extraordinary change of life and from there became a minister in the government and is now travelling internationally doing work for uh, peace and cooperation. So even though he was here to talk mainly about the right to protect and to encourage students, Australian students, to go and study in Cambodia, you can contact us through the CAGE cage.live if you are interested to know more about that institute and what opportunities there are to study there. He said we don't have much money so don't expect an airfare. <laughs> but anyway, um, I talked to him about his view of regional affairs and what was happening or what is happening in the South China Sea. So here is Ambassador Pu Sotorak in the cage. Uh, Ambassador Pu Sotorak, you are in the cage. We lock people in until they answer the question, and the question is how you are making a better world. So you are the executive director of the Cambodian Institute for Cooperation and Peace, and you're here in Australia to talk about the right to protect, R2P, which is a project to uh, promote human rights and look after people. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about the focus of the Institute and R2P? Uh, the focus of my Institute with regard to uh, the responsibility to protect is to try to uh, uh, let the world know, or at least the region know about the Cambodian experience in regard to how we prevent mass atrocity uh, from happening again. And of course, Cambodia has a terrible history of exactly. atrocity. Because of we have a historical experience how to deal with these issues. And we hope that by doing that, uh, we can, uh, uh, I'm hoping, my idea, I'm hoping that Cambodia can take, uh, uh, can show the world our, in our own way uh, as a responsible member of a, a regional community or hopefully in a global community to uh, ensure that this is a better world, that, that uh, civilians need to be protected from uh, mass crime. And this is not an abstract concept no, for no, you, because all. you were... And my, actually, my, my mom and two 
brother and two sisters were killed during Pol Pot times, and I was a many Cambodians a victim of a, a, this regime, you know, and therefore I think there's a there's a need for Cambodia to speak about this, and then uh, we can, because we can tell not only that we can tell good story, but we can say that Cambodia have a case with it, and this is how Cambodia go about try to make sure that this case will not happen again for humanity. And this is a lesson learned that need to be broadcast, in my view, or mm. at least get people to know about this. You've been in Japan recently talking about the environmental aspects of the South China Sea. Obviously, that's underpinned by the uh, sovereignty issues. It is very difficult to get an agreement between scientists who 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 have so much knowledge about and so 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 they know their field very well that the the problem come is when you involve security people into it in a sense that particularly when you go deep down under the seabed and you find out that they're under the south china sea there is a a, a reported a huge uh, potential for oil and gas for example these are resources that uh, everybody want to claim that it's there. But we've also been talking about uh, protecting atrocity and yeah. educating people so that we have a wiser and more generous yes, 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 approach yes, yes. to the world instead of this greedy, vicious... Yeah, exactly, oh, take exactly. I have no... I, I, I agree. And then protect, protection the environment is also very, uh, a very uh, noble mission also. And but, but many of these noble causes get thrown away once people start to fight over oil and yeah, gas and other resources, yeah. don't they? But, so that, but that, yeah, I think the my, the group that we mean, we considered ourselves track two, and track two means you don't, it's not po a policy maker, it's not, track one is a policy maker. We, we try to find what is the best way that track two can make a recommendation to track one to take into consideration environmental consideration fish consideration and keep the oceans uh, you know clean so that every uh, that can sustain livelihood for everybody but then you when you move this to the politician the questions of sovereignty always come mm -hmm. uh, who own what because currently there is a claim you know there is a six claimant china again the country like uh, malaysia uh, philippines vietnam uh, taiwan and so on, but uh, it get very complicated to a point where the Philippines took this case against China to the PCA, you know, the Permanent Court of Arbitration, and apparently the court have given uh, a, ver a very clear verdict uh, supporting uh, uh, the the Philippine claim. In other words, uh, the nine, the so-called nine dash line that was. Uh, <clears throat> by rejected. China was uh, was uh, was rejected, mm -hmm. and, and so, but you know, this uh, this dynamic still play out. So your institute of cooperation and peace is looking for ways to find yes, that's my cooperative view. approaches exactly, and that's why when you was asking, you want to know about trust. You know, it is very important. Without trust, country bound to make wrong, I, I call it miscalculation, you know, or misunderstanding. If you don't trust each other, you become skeptic about other party uh, intention. And then this spawn misunderstanding. 
And that's why trust is very important. It's part of the fundamental uh, ingredient to what I call confident, confident building. That you have to have, you have to have a confidence uh, in yourself that a political or diplomatic solution is much better than you know uh, military. So this you know, is this, this is really your life's work. That's isn't right. It, to that's that right. Trust. To try to you know we cannot underestimate the trust, and uh, there are still a deep-seated uh, mistrust between party concern. You know. Uh, so what role do you think Australia can play in the region? Well, I I I'm of the view that uh, Australia can play a very constructive role as a middle power uh, in the security uh, domain. Uh, Australia can uh, engage on the one hand with ASEAN, support ASEAN, and work through ASEAN mechanism, including uh, ASEAN dispute settlement mechanism uh, in relation to... Uh, ASEAN dispute settlement is boiled down to peaceful settlement of dispute, confident building, trust building, uh, settle matters through negotiations and uh, the stop of using a force or the threat of using a force. And this is basically uh, something that ASEAN is always aspired to do. And I think Australia have a, a important role to support this because I think Australia is a very peaceful country. And it, being a middle power, Australia uh, support that, that notion will uh, help create a better understanding about the issues. Now, at the same time, Australia can also play a very positive role with China in saying that what Australia engagement in the region is to make sure that everybody is on board, everything, everybody can engage with each other through a process of a negotiation and don't use, uh, don't use a military way, don't use uh, uh, anything that can raise tension. You know, often in our view, here in the past year and until uh, present day, you know, the Chinese uh, is uh, exercising its own assertiveness in reclaiming land and building artificial islands and and so on, including uh, the restrictions on uh, fishery rights and so on and so forth. And I think Australia can have an engagement with China and say this is not very healthy, this is uh, counterproductive to keep the region peaceful. And, def and I think Australia is ready to, to do, uh, to play its role. So it's important that it we is very act important. independently from That's the US right. then? Exactly. No, very important. Mm. When you bring America in, you co uh, in my view, sometimes it becomes a little bit uh, unproductive. Uh, however, I, I hold the view that uh, American engagement in the region is, is important. <clears throat> but to what extent they engage? You know, yes. uh, you have to question that, you know, yes. uh, it's important because uh, America always want to come in under the framework of uh, freedom of navigation and overflight. And also, this is something very sticky with the Chinese. Sure. So, you know, you, you when two big elephants go about at each other's throat, small state will be definitely crushed. You know? So well, as a middle power, we need to be well, careful and you, you, I think Australia can play a mediation role. Mm. Australia is a member of the East Asia Summit, you know, and, and that's why I think I continue to think that Australia have a positive role to play in ensuring that everybody is speaking to each other and looking for uh, the best solution to these very complex uh, issues.
Well, Ambassador Kruzotorak, on that positive note, we'll eject you from the cage. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much for speaking to me.